0: I have found in my own personal time of studying God's Word that one of the most fascinating areas of Bible study includes studying Jesus in the pages of the Old Testament. Sometimes we refer to this type of a study as typology. That's a big word, isn't it? Typology. But basically it has to do with looking at Uh, shadows, types, and figures in the Old Testament that actually teach us things about the New Testament. And so today we're launching this new series called Jesus in the Old Testament. And each week I'm going to feature a specific uh, type or figure in the Old Testament and we're going to learn how that it typifies Jesus Christ and we're going to learn some things about him. So today we're going to focus on water, From the rock that walked. That that, that ought to get you thinking right there, right? Wait a minute, I didn't think rocks walked. We're going to learn about one that did today. So, water from the rock that walked. But before we get into the details of that text, I'm going to share an important statement that actually sets the tone for our studying about Jesus in the Old Testament. And this is the statement The New Testament is the Old Testament concealed. The Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. That's deep. I know that's deep, so I'm going to say it again, all right? <laughs> the New Testament is the Old Testament concealed, is in the Old Testament concealed. In other words, even in the pages of the Old Testament, there are New Testament truths, but they're concealed and they're hidden a little bit. You have to do a little digging to see them. But the Old Testament is in the new testament revealed how many of you discovered even in study of the new testament if you don't have some grasp of the old testament you're going to be lost in some of your new testament reading right particularly when you get into something like the book of hebrews or galatians something like that even romans you're going to say like, Whoa, what's it even talking about right so we have to think of the word of god as the whole so from genesis to revelation and of course, we understand the benefit and the value of the Gospels and the, and the epistles of the New Testament, but this is a principle that we will use to kind of guide our study through these weeks. Now, in order to introduce not only the study of, of types, but also the subject for today, I'd like for you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I do have the text on the screen for you but I like it when I hear pages or I like it when I see you getting your devices and you uh, hopefully are not reading your Instagram account, but you are actually going to the text, all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now let's watch this very carefully. There's a lot of truth here, all right? I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them, speaking of who, all the ancestors, all those Israelites, all of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them. And all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. Does everybody remember that part of the story? Everybody remember that about the cloud? Everybody remember about the Red Sea opening up? All right, verse 2. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food. Stop just there a minute. What in the world is it talking about? What kind of food did they eat? They were given what kind of food? Manna to eat. But here, Paul in the New Testament refers to their manna as spiritual food. Why? He's drawing a connection between the manna and the New Testament principle. It is spiritual food. it is a picture or a metaphor or an analogy of the Word of God. It's manna in the Old Testament. It was actual food, it wasn't just something spirit food in the Old Testament. It was actual food. They had to pick it up every morning, right? So they picked it up every day and isn't it true that in God's Word you have to pick it up every day? Amen, and you can't just rely on what you picked up last week? you can't even store it you got to pick it up and 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 eat it every day. Amen? So here it calls the manna spiritual food. It says, they all ate the same spiritual food, verse 4, and all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Just so that there's absolutely no question about this one, Paul makes it so clear. He's speaking now not only about their spiritual food, now he's talking about their water. And he said the water they drank was spiritual water, for they drank from what kind of a rock? A spiritual rock or supernatural rock that traveled with them. We'll look at that later. And that rock was what? Was Christ. So to get this picture, the Apostle Paul is saying hundreds of years ago, he's talking about the wanderings in the wilderness, and he said the rock, which we're going to read about in just a second, that rock was Christ. So he's introducing us to the concept of the fact that there are things in the Old Testament that are pictures and types and foreshadowings of New Testament truths. Now we go on in this same chapter, we'll come back to the rock, our promise. Go back and also in the same chapter and look down in verse 6, and it says, speaking of these things it was just describing here, these things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did. In other words, he, God doesn't want us to be like the children of Israel. He doesn't want us to have the same temptations and, and failures and, and, and problems that they had. and then he goes on in verse 11, says, these things happen to them, these things he talked about, these things happen to them as examples for us. They're written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. That's you and me. So what it's actually telling us here, and by the way, the word for example in verse 11, the word for example is the Greek word tupos, which we get our English word type. That's where the whole idea of types come from. So what it's saying is these types from the Old Testament are designed to be lessons, examples, instructions, warnings for us today. There's something today we can learn from types that were back in the Old Testament. Any good communicator, educator, many of you may be educators or you have not been one you've been on the receiving end of education understand that many times we use visual aids right and we teach we teach sunday school we'll hold something up and we illustrate it and we use something that's visual why because we learn better when we have something visual to accompany just words right That's really what these types from the Old Testament are. They are visual aids to help us now as New Testament Christians to learn some of these truths. And by the way, types relate to not only uh, exalting Jesus Christ, but to many different things. For example, you may have types that are actual metaphors or pictures of the church you may have types that picture the Holy Spirit. You may have types that speak to uh, all kinds of things. All right? So we, there's no way in our few weeks that we can dig into all that. So I've limited our study to just some specific types of Jesus Christ. Now let me give you a definition exactly what a type is. A type is a real, exalted happening in history which was divinely ordained by God to be a prophetic picture of good things which he purposed to bring about in Christ Jesus. Does that make sense to you? All right, so that's what a type is, and that's what we're going to study over the next few weeks. As I said, we're going to focus on just looking at uh, types of Jesus Christ. And by the way, just that, I have a list of 24, 24. Old Testament clear types of jesus christ so my challenge has been i can only deal with five how am i going to do that all right so i have picked out my five and uh today is just the beginning but we're going to have some exciting uh upcoming weeks on it. all right so we're back to the rock all right let's go back to that scripture very quickly remember what it said verse four and all of them drank the same spiritual water for they drank from the spiritual rock everybody say rock that traveled with them and then he brings in the connection he said and that rock was christ all right so now what we want to do is talk about what was going on with israel in the wilderness and if you want to look at the text and study the exact verses you can i'm not going to read these uh, seven verses but it's found in exodus chapter 17 verses 1 through 7 and here's what was going on The children of Israel, under Moses' leadership, has at this point come out of Egypt. They've come through the Red Sea. God's purpose is that they'd go into the promised land, but they are now wandering in the wilderness. They were starting to rebel, they were starting to be complainers, seemed to be their nature. And at this particular point in time, they're at a place called Rephidim. All right? And at Rephidim, you just have to picture its wilderness. It's barren. I mean, there's no trees, there's no nothing. It's just, it's just desert. So You can imagine the Israelites walking every day with all of their families and all their livestock and everything, walking across this wilderness. And the scripture here tells us in chapter 17, they came to Rephidim and they were complaining because of what? They were thirsty. There's nothing wrong with being thirsty. But they were just complaining and murmuring and, and started uh, saying, Moses, what are you, can't you get us some water? We need something to drink. And he was helpless. He didn't know what to do. And they kept complaining, and then it got on his nerves. And finally he goes to God and says, Lord, what am I supposed to do about these people? All they do is complain and complain and complain. And they're thirsty, Lord. We've got to we take care of this. And in verse 5 it says, The Lord said to Moses, here's his instructions, Walk out in front of the people so everybody's going to see you. Walk out in front of the people, take your staff, your rod, the one that you use to strike the water of the Nile, call some of the elders of Israel to join you, and I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. It's also called the, the, uh, at Horeb. Okay, So it is at the rock of Horeb. You stand there and you take your rod, strike the rock, and water will come gushing out, then the people will be able to drink. So what did Moses do? He struck the rock as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. And by the way, uh, this place was important enough that they gave it two names. All right, Named it with two different names. And as you know in the Bible, names are always important, right? So we have the name Massah, which means test or testing. So they named it Messiah, and they also named it Meribah. And Meribah means arguing and complaining. Now, I don't know about you, but neither one of those sound like too good a names to me. All right, so they got a name called testing, trouble, testing, and then they got one called complaining and arguing. That's not the kind of place you want to be, but that's what this place was named. So let's make sure that we understand what's happening. The people are thirsty. God gives an answer. They're complaining. They're murmuring. God gives an answer, but it's not the kind of answer you and I would guess, Right? He actually brings them water from what? From a rock. From a rock. Water comes out of that rock in the Old Testament, and then we read that that rock where the water gushed out followed them around in the wilderness. We're going to come back to that in just a second. So here's what I'm going to do. Stay with me. I'm now going to connect the dots between that Old Testament story and New Testament principles. Remember we said... That the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. The Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. All right. So now I want to talk to you about what Jesus told us about water. Spiritual water. Because Paul told us that the rock was spiritual. Right? He said that rock was spiritual. And he said and that rock was Christ. And so he says that what they drank out of it was spiritual. So let's see what else Jesus tells us about spiritual water. Do you remember the story in John chapter 4? When Jesus meets the Samaritan woman, he goes up to her at the well and he says, would you please give me some water from the well? She was freaked out because why? Why was she freaked out at Jesus asking for that? Because she was a Samaritan. And because of the racism and prejudice that day, it just didn't happen. So she's freaked out about that. Jesus used the conversation to his advantage. You know, we need to learn to use our conversations to make sure that people know about Jesus. Amen? So Jesus, he's using that as the opportunity to tell her about a deeper truth. And basically, they start this conversation. And Jesus says this in chapter 4 and verse 10. He said, if you knew the gift of God, he's speaking about himself, if you really knew the gift of God who, and who it is that's asking you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water. She's shaking her head by this point. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. What do you mean it's getting this living water? And they go back and forth. And Jesus comes back again, verse 13, and he says, Everyone who drinks this water, speaking of the water from that well, everyone who drinks this water is going to be thirsty again. you got to keep coming back to the well, get more water. But whoever drinks of the water that I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give to them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. They were on two wavelengths. She's talking about physical water. Jesus talking about spiritual water. They're like disconnect. How many you and your spouse ever get that place? Yeah? So Jesus and the Samaritan woman talking about two different planes, all right? He's talking about spiritual water. She's talking about H2O. He said, wait a minute. What you don't understand is if you, if you really knew who I was, if you get to know me, I can give you water. You'll never thirst again. It's living water. You're asking me for a drink, but what I give is living water. And if you ask for it, you can actually have a well of living water on the inside of you. It'll never go dry, and it will always be a well spring up into what? Eternal life. In other words, when you get that kind of water, you're never going to thirst again. It's going to satisfy you deeply, and you'll have eternal life. He's talking about spiritual life, spiritual water. This kind of water you drink it's going to take you to heaven. So this was a wake-up call for this lady. So Jesus is now introducing us to living water, spiritual water, and he said it's not the same as H2O. Then, a few chapters later, incidentally, which is not ironic, but it's just amazing, Jesus is standing in the middle of the temple at a feast. So, if you've got a picture of Jesus never saying much and just kind of hiding out and being passive, you've got the wrong picture. He's at this feast. There are thousands of people who come into town for this feast. And when the crowd is just right and everybody's, everybody's, you know, partying around, Jesus steps up and he shouts out loud. And the word in the Greek is an intense word, which means with a very loud cry, he said this Let anyone who's thirsty, anyone thirsty here? Can you imagine at a party? <laughs> Someone do that? Anybody thirsty here? Let them come to me and drink. let so him come to him and drink. He said, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of li- what kind of water? Living water are going to flow from within you. Now he's back on the living water kick now he's back talking not about h2o he's talking about something that's spiritual and he's challenging people who were there he said listen if you're really thirsty come to me i'm the messiah and if you drink deeply from me something deep inside of you rivers of living water will flow notice that in john chapter 4 he put living water in the context of a well here he puts it in the context of a river. How yeah. yeah. many agree that a well and a river are two different things? Yeah. Would you agree? On a well, the water level stays pretty consistent and constant, doesn't it? May have a spring under, may rise a little bit and fall, but that's totally different than a what? A river. Yeah. 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 He's talking about a river that's coming from the inside of us as his people. A river that wells up, flows out, and goes into dark parched, dry places, and people. He's saying you can be a conduit for this spiritual water. And everybody's thirsty. They were living a day that they knew everybody's thirsty. How many of you agree people are thirsty today? People are thirsty. They don't know what they're thirsty for, but they are thirsty, and they're drinking a whole lot of other stuff, but it's not satisfying them. Am I right? So here we find Jesus connecting the dots of living water. Alright? Now, I'll just tell you what my interpretation of these two incidents and the difference between the well and the river is. I personally believe it's clear, and the way I read this is, when he's talking in John chapter 4, he's talking about salvation. When you're born again, there's a well. Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. The living water is created on the inside of you. And he's there. But it is at a certain level. But the next experience in John chapter 7, I believe, is distinctive from John 4. And this is where you experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit, where it literally flows out of you like a river. That's different. And I remember as a young man, I was, I was hungry for something, came to Jesus, had the well in me from the time I was six years old. But it took me until I was 17 to realize... and. Wandered all through New Age philosophy before I finally came, and this good little Baptist boy finally realized that the Holy Spirit wanted more out of my life, and filled me up, and turned that well into a river, and that river's been flowing ever since, and that's been and that's marked my life and experience. Why? Because I I was thirsty. And I went to him and I started drinking more and more from him. And I was filled, not just filled up for my sake, but filled out so that it could pour out into some dry places. Amen? So that's what Jesus is talking about here in John chapter 4 and John chapter 7. Now, I know I've gone Old Testament, New Testament on you, right? All right. Now what I want to do is go back to the story of the rock that we read about in Exodus 17, and I want to pick out Four specific lessons that we can apply that we see from this type in Exodus 17. Four lessons from the rock. You all ready? Remember what Paul said, that rock was what? That rock was Christ. All right, here we go. Number one, and that simply is that point. Number one, that rock, the rock was spiritual. It was Christ. The rock of Horeb, by the way, that picture there is what some believe to be the rock of Horeb. There's no real evidence of that but it is still a cool picture it was taken in in a very uh wilderness area uh of israel but uh really no proof that it was but it's still a cool picture so i'll put it up there all right so the rock that he struck that was there with them at the wilderness when they were having this crisis there was this huge rock and he struck it that rock paul said is christ so i want you to see the rock was Christ. In the Old Testament, many times we hear scriptures, we read scriptures about God being our rock, right? He's my rock, he's my fortress, he's a place of refuge. That's totally different. When it speaks of God being my rock and my salvation, it's speaking of a of a strong place of, a, of the hold on to my rock. In other words, something that's not going to move. This is a different kind of a rock. This is a rock that has a supply in it. Are you all with me? So this rock was spiritual, and it answered the need and the crisis of the day, which was what? People were thirsty. In the same way today, hallelujah, Jesus Christ is the rock today that does the same thing. He is also the source of which people's needs can be met. I used to be a part of ministry when I was first, came, uh, when I was first called into ministry. There's a bunch of long-haired hippies, ex-drug addicts, ex-prostitutes uh, and pimps and all kind of stuff. 300 of us. We traveled all over the country sharing Jesus and holding evangelistic meetings. And on the side of the big trucks was the name of the ministry. This is where my wife came to Jesus, by the way. And the name of the ministry was Christ is the Answer. That's simple. But that is the truth. Christ is the answer. There are a lot of people looking for the rock today. They're looking for answers. But they're looking in all the wrong places. People are thirsty today. They're starving today. But they haven't discovered the true answer to their thirst. And it is Jesus the rock. So number one, the rock was Christ. Number two, second lesson. The rock, remember the story was struck by a rod. You think that's incidental? think that's accidental? When you're looking at these types, you can't ignore all of that. So here we have the rock that all of a sudden was here in the wilderness. Paul said that rock was Christ. And God says to Moses, strike that rock with your staff, with your rod. So he took the rod and he struck it, right? And we know what came out of it. We'll look at that in a second. What I want you to see is the fulfillment of this in the New Testament through Jesus was what? That rock was Christ. And Jesus Christ was struck on the cross by the rod of God's judgment because of our sin. Zechariah prophesied it in Zechariah 13, 7. said that he would be smitten by the rod of judgment, the judgment of our sins. New Testament teaches us that Jesus Christ, who knew no sin... Became sin for us. God laid the sin of the world. Upon his son Jesus. So that we could have salvation. If you will. The rock was struck. In Exodus 17. And in the gospels. The rock was struck. By the cross. Moses' rod. Is a picture of the cross. And the third lesson we learn. Is that life giving water, flowed from that rock. So once he struck it, what happened? Water gushed out of the rock and took care of the needs of people, uh, their water needs, all for the Israelites. It was supernatural. I think sometimes we picture this being a little trickle. Uh, This is just a man's rendering, but take a look at that. I mean, this is water gushing out of a rock. There was no natural explanation. He didn't hit it that hard. It was just supernatural. He struck it and God allowed, in the midst of wilderness and dryness everywhere, allowed water to come out of that rock in order to take care of the needs of all the people. That water met their needs. It was life-giving to the Israelites. That water that came out of that rock is a picture of the Holy Spirit that Jesus draws our attention to in the New Testament. Jesus called the New Test in the New Testament he called the Holy Spirit what? Living water. In the Old Testament, this is called, now Paul refers to it in hindsight, he called it spiritual rock, spiritual water. Do you see the connection point? So here we have in the Old Testament, the water is pouring forth. It's meeting people's needs. And the New Testament, we have Jesus saying, if you'll just drink from me, I'll give you living water. What's he talking about? The Holy Spirit. He said, I'll put the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. He'll be a well to you, and it will meet your need and it'll give you eternal life. And then if you want the fullness of it, I'll actually turn that well into a river and let it flow out of your life and into the dry places of the world. I don't think it's any mistake. I think clearly this type alludes also to Jesus at the cross. Because John chapter 19 tells us that when Jesus hung on the cross and the soldier pierced his side, what came out of his side? Flowed what? Blood and water. I believe it typifies the fact that first of all, there's the blood for the forgiveness of sins. And first and foremost, there is salvation. But following that was the water, which is symbolized once again as what? The Holy Spirit. So first, we receive the forgiveness of sins. And then we embrace the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And it becomes living water in our life. And it's life-giving to us and to others. Hallelujah. The fourth lesson, number four. The rock followed the Israelites. Now, nah, this will blow your mind now. Some of you never noticed this. It says very clearly in 1 Corinthians 10. And that rock traveled with them. With them? Yeah, because the Israelites were moving around. They were jumping from place to place, right? All through the wilderness, they were jumping from place to place, moving from place to place. There's great debate and argument about this among scholars. But frankly, whenever there's anything supernatural in Scripture, that's what scholars like to argue about, all right? I personally am absolutely convinced that that rock was a moving rock. You say, how does a rock move? I don't know. God moved that rock. When they camped somewhere else, the rock was there. It became their water source. Wherever they went, that was where the water came from. It came flowing out of that rock just to... Prove it to you later in Numbers chapter 20. You remember again? The people are complaining because why? No water. You remember? What did God tell Moses to do? He said, just speak to it. It's almost as if God was saying, I love, I've had this, the source has been there the whole time. Just talk to it. Talk to it. And what did Moses do? Out of anger. Uh-oh. Out of anger, he took that same staff and he went and he hit it. And he hit that rock in anger. He shouldn't have struck it at all. He should have just spoke to it. God said, speak. Instead, he struck it. And it was a result of that, he didn't get to go into the promised land. And there are multiple reasons why he didn't go into the promised land, but that's another lesson for another day. But one of the reasons is because when Jesus Christ died at Calvary, he doesn't need to die again. And the striking of that rock was a symbol of the striking of Jesus at the cross. And Jesus does not need to go to the cross more than what he already has for your sins. So now what do we need to do? We just confess our sins. We call upon him to forgive us. Now we can just talk to the rock. When you need an answer today, he doesn't need to go back to the cross for you. Just talk to him. Talk to your rock. Draw from that. Because the water and the provision is flowing. In the same way that it was prepared to flow from the rock that followed them all around the wilderness. You know what I'm delighted to know? And you know it as well. Hebrews tells us that today the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, once you're God's child, He will never leave you or forsake you. God's not going to abandon you. He's just like the rock that everywhere the Israelites turn. He was right there. Wherever they went, the rock followed them. I mean, it was just like just just like that in the same way. You can't go anywhere without God following you. Why? He's in you. He's with you. He promises you his abiding presence. You say, well, what if I what if I end up over here? I shouldn't go there. It's all right. You're taking it with you. you. Probably ought to think about that because you're taking him with you. He's going with you wherever you go. And he's never going to abandon you. And you have that as a great confidence that the rock followed the Israelites and Jesus follows us as well. He's with us and he will never leave us. Jesus, the rock. I'm going to pray for everybody and then we're going to dismiss you. Preview of coming attraction. Next week, I'm going to talk about Jesus, the Passover lamb. Very clear and obvious type from the Old Testament. But we'll see the connections to, uh, to the New Testament as well. All right, I want to pray for you this morning. Would you bow your heads with me? There may be some that are here this morning that honestly, you need to drink from that well. Drink the living water. And let that living water Reside on the inside of you as a new born-again believer. Some of you may have had religion. You may have followed man. But if you've never had a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you don't have that living water. and You can know it today. It simply takes a step of faith. Some of you maybe need to rededicate yourself to the Lord today. I'm going to ask that you would be willing to do that. And immediately after I pray, I want you to go and let one of these prayer teams pray with you. pray over you. Maybe you say, I've got the well, but I'm not sure I have the river of living water flowing out for me. We can pray for you to receive that as well today. Maybe today you just need to be reminded that God will never leave you or forsake you. Maybe there's some of you here today that just need to be encouraged to let the water flow. Let it flow. Maybe today you just need to speak to the rock. Have you been speaking to it? Call forth provision. Call forth supply for your life. I want to pray for you today to do just that. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in this room. Those that need to make decisions for you, Christ, today. That need to rededicate themselves. That need to be filled with the Spirit of God. I pray that today would be a milestone in their life. And I pray for everyone today that we'd have a new revelation of Christ the rock. The rock that flows with living water. The rock that never leaves us but follows us and is with us all the time. Lord, we're so thankful that the rock was struck by the cross for our life. That the water could flow. We're grateful for that. And thank you today. Lord, meet every need, regardless of what it may be this day. Minister to marriages and families and those that are struggling on their jobs. Whatever it may be, Lord, I pray that that would be a part of their water that's flowing from the rock for them. In Jesus' name, amen.